And I am Tony Serino of Locked On Steelers. This is part, uh, you know, uh, Cleveland Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Steelers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, crossover Wednesdays are a back. Um, thrilled about it. It's fun. It's, you know, a great way for us from Locked On to interact with each other. And also a great way, obviously, to get you guys ready for the week's upcoming games. My friend, it's the first time we've gotten to talk on, uh, you know, live together uh, how's the show going? How's uh, the feeling in Pittsburgh as we're rolling into a Sunday matchup? And I gotta tell you, I am so excited August went as fast as it did, and we get to talk some real football here. I think Steeler fans would be a lot happier if Le'Veon Bell were in the building, but uh, yeah, we I mean, definitely uh, in Pittsburgh, ready to get the season going, of course, the Steelers in this ever-closing Super Bowl window now, uh, they opening the season against Cleveland, a great division rivalry of old. Uh, hopefully, I'm, I'm hopeful that this season, you know, with, with some of the rejuvenation we've seen in Cleveland, that this this rivalry, uh, the rivalry will be back on in 2018 with uh, guys like Tyrod Taylor, uh, Jarvis Landry, and some of the new you guys have in Cleveland. Uh, Anthony, the most ex- funniest thing about this is, though, is it, it's weird we're at a spot that we're concerned about Le'Veon Bell, but we know where Josh Gordon's at. So right? it's kind of just funny the way that one works out. Uh, guys, obviously, we're going to break down the offensive side of the ball. We're going to break down the uh, defensive side of the ball. Guys, you know, the ratings, the written reviews, everything you guys do to help promote the show. Guys, we appreciate the living daylights out of that. To all my Browns listeners, obviously, it's Jeff Lloyd here. We're here with Anthony Serini from, you know, Locked On Steelers. I-, I figure we'll kick it off on the offensive side of the ball. And there is the purple gorilla elephant in the corner of the room. Uh, are we expecting Le'Veon Bell to walk into the Pittsburgh Steelers facility tomorrow? This is the expectation, right? I mean, according to Marquise Pouncey and some of the players on the team who are closest to Le'Veon, that, that is the expectation, is that he will be in the building to, to start Wednesday and hopefully sign his franchise tag, uh, take his physical, and participate in Wednesday's practice. If not, though, I wouldn't expect to see Le'Veon Bell in Sunday's game. Let's say he were to report Thursday or Friday. I think at that point, you know, kind of the ship would have sailed. Wednesday is a very important practice. That's when the Steelers install their game plan. So, look, if Le'Veon Bell's not there, they're going to have to go with James Conner. Now, according to Mike Tomlin in his press conference on Tuesday, he seemed very ready for James Conner to take over. The Steelers confident in what they have in James Conner as a backup running back. And when you look at this game from a season ago, right, Le'Veon Bell was not a big factor in this game. Only had uh, 10 carries, I believe, only 30 yards total in the game. And I expect that's probably going to be the same in this one. Regardless of if he comes in or not, he's going to split carries with James Conner. I don't expect him to see a big workload. Uh, so it, this may end up being more about James Conner than Le'Veon Bell. Well, and this is the thing, and what I've been trying to tell the Browns listeners is, um, you know, I don't want to say, oh, I'd rather Le'Veon Bell play because you know what Le'Veon is. But if Le'Veon Bell doesn't play, you're basically telling Ben Roethlisberger, you got carte blanche here. I mean, if we want to throw 40, 45 times a game, uh, 45, 45 times in this game, we can and now with James Washington in, who is a much sturdier, reliable third wide receiver in that offense, it's, you know, it, A, the Browns second, it is massively rebuilt. But look, I mean, Big Ben has got no problem dropping 400, 450 on anybody. So you almost say, well, maybe we'd rather gamble that Le'Veon will be here and a normal Le'Veon would get his 15 to 20 carries a game. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll be interesting. You know, that's what happened last year, right? Le'Veon got, what, t- 10 carries in that game, and the, and the Steelers ended up throwing the ball almost 40 times, 36 uh, pass attempts 
for Ben Roethlisberger. But remember, that game was way closer than I think a lot of people expected. That was yep. a three-point game at the end. And, and remember, the Steelers had a special teams touchdown at the beginning of that game. So seven points coming off of turnovers. The Steelers' offense at the beginning of 2017 was very much a work in progress as they got Le'Veon Bell back in. You know, this was a very new receiving core with Martavis Bryant coming back from a year-long suspension. They had uh, newly acquired Le'Ve- or, uh, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, who didn't really uh, see much time in that game at all. So that was, a, that was a Ben Roethlisberger that was trying to work his way through a new receiving core and really relied on Antonio Brown. For Pittsburgh this year, a little more comfortable going into this game offensively, right? Antonio Brown returns. Whether Le'Veon's here or not, I think the Steelers are comfortable with what they have with James Conner. And like you talked about, James Washington, a, a young, exciting receiver. Yeah, and, and as you said, the sturdiness, I mean, the combat catches that he's made this preseason have been spectacular. But I think there are big things expected from Juju as well and going into year two. I just expect the Steelers' offense to be more comfortable this year. There's new uh, offensive coordinator, Randy Feekner, uh, leading the way here, and, and he's got a very good rapport with Ben Roethlisberger. So I think I think the Steelers offensively should be better in this football game. But, you know, the Cleveland Browns defense they're going up against, Miles Garrett in that pass rush, they gave this team fits a year ago. Again, the Steelers offensively did not move the ball well. Uh, you know, this the uh, Ben Roethlisberger said today, this Browns defense may be one of the best they face all season. Um, it was nice for us as the Browns community. We appreciated the compliment. And you see this now with the veterans as they get humbled. You know, some of them, look, Phil, Philip Rivers is never going to change. But some of these veterans, you know, they know the proper things to say. And we're appreciative of it. We are. And because we do think things are vastly improved here on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Miles Garrett, like you mentioned, um, it's not just a question of a freak you know, athlete as a pass rusher. That we've seen better technique from him. He's able to separate himself from the left tackle. Um, now with a guy like Gennard Avery, and some other guys brought in a toe here now, and they've always, Greg Williams always liked to blitz. You just can't put one guy on Miles Garrett. And if you do, we know he's going to get home nine times out of ten. So if you have to put two, if you have to put three, a guy like Gennard Avery showed out extremely well week three, week three against the Philadelphia Eagles. He's practicing this week. All signs are that he's a go this Sunday. There's just a lot more depth to this defense where it was last year, it was 11 guys. And they lost guys like Jamie Collins for a period. They lost guys like Miles Garrett for some games. Emmanuel Ogba, you know, it was injured and you know when ended up going on injured reserve. Now they run a little bit more 16-17 deep, and it's deciding because all these guys are worthy of the snaps and they're good. So we're excited about it. And it, you know, whether Ben was kind of doing it tongue in cheek or he truly meant it, it's a compliment. But look, he's a solid veteran, and, and you know, he knows this team well, and he knows how many times he's beat them. So it is interesting from that standpoint. Yeah, and I think I think it has to do with some of the recent history that he's had with the Browns, right? I mean, you know, Ben only faces the the Browns once a season, or at least he hasn't he hasn't faced them more than once a season over the last two years. But both times, the Browns' defense played well in those games against Roethlisberger. So uh, I would ex- I, I would expect that the Browns' defense is going to come out and have some success in this football game. Again, there's just you know, it's this it's this idea in Cleveland, right? Is and I'm I'm sure you guys are talking about it a lot. They're, they're, at some point, this Browns team is going to turn the corner, right? There's just too much talent being amassed in Cleveland. Now, I'm not sure 2018 is the season that this, you know, that you guys go and become a playoff team or anything like that. But I do think, you know, the one in 31 that we've seen over the last two years, that version of the Browns seems to be a thing of the past. Yeah, and for me, the one thing that I'm really interested in how they're going to tackle 
Sunday. And look, you know, James Washington added to the mix. And the thing that scares me the most is between Antonio Brown, between Juju Smith-Schuster, between James Washington, you know, we knew what Martavius Bryant's game was. Now these guys, there's three wide receivers, and they are all solid, established route runners. So look, this defense and secondary needs this test, but it's going to be interesting. Are you going to take Denzel Ward, his first NFL game, and give him an assignment like Antonio Brown, or are you going to take two (laughs) other guys, let Denzel take the number two, the number three, and see how it plays out that way? Look, please don't throw Denzel Ward out to the Wolves. I'm just not a fan of that by any means. Look, a couple of snaps here and there, but... You know, I don't want to destroy a rookie right out the gate. <laughs> no, I, I think Antonio Brown going up against Denzel Ward is, is what every Steeler fan wants right now, right? I mean, you know, AB a- had a great game last year, uh, caught everything that went his way. And going up against a rookie, that's that's the ideal scenario, though. Y- you have to imagine, right, that, that the Browns are going to put, even if they were to put Denzel Ward on AB, they, they'd have to leave a safety over the top to help in that way, right? Well, or you're going to, you know, use a Jabril Peppers and because, I mean, I, I don't know if you're so concerned about Antonio beating you on the nine routes as you are as him just, you know, it, you know the death of a thousand paper cuts on slants and short ends and hooks. and So maybe find a way to get him off his mark in his third, fourth step in any route that he runs. But, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. We'll see how it yeah. plays out. Uh, Anthony, I know you get a lot of questions because I get a lot of questions. Everybody wants to talk about games and picks. And, guys, look, because we host these shows... It doesn't change whether or not we can tell you who's going to win or going to lose. But Anthony's going to tell you about maybe the correct site and one of our favorite sites and the guys who are good to us and a site that you should probably use to place your bets. Yeah, that's right. Listen, just as important as who you're betting on is, is who you're betting with. And and my bookie uh, is – they've been in business for years. They've got great reviews online. Their mobile site is super easy to use. Uh, they, they have in-game live betting. Uh, they have the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for every fantasy guy out there, right, you can you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player is going to score each game. So if you if you want to join, go to MyBookie. They're going to match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Again, visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. And exactly, guys, for me, I, I love the fantasy aspect of it because a lot of people get together on Sundays with their buddies and even it's not so much about fandom, it's about fantasy. And you want to know what? Oh, well, CBS and Jamie Eisenberg said he's scoring 16.5 this week. You can wager on that, guys. So go ahead. Like Anthony said, mybookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Put your money on it, guys. Now, Anthony, we're going to flip it on over to the other side of the ball here. Um, it's been an interesting preseason offensively. Because I think Cleveland showed some really good things. I mean, the Giants game, the passing game. Uh, you know, they showed well Philadelphia with a little bit of everything. And you got to keep in mind, I don't care if it was Week Three and it was only a five nothing game for a team like Cleveland. You're going against Super Bowl champion, and everybody. Oh well, it was Nick Foles. Well, guys, uh, Nick Foles was the quarterback in the Super Bowl, so that does mean a lot. So it was a big victory for Cleveland and the morale in that unit. But look, you know, two new quarterbacks, Tyrod Taylor, obviously the future in Baker Mayfield. Jarvis Landry brought in here. Josh Gordon, for whatever went on over the summer, he's here. He is playing week one. And you got some younger guys in Antonio Callaway. Uh, you've got an established, I mean, not an established, but a on the verge of being a disgustingly good freak tight end in David Najoku. You bring in a Carlos Hyde. You bring in a, a Nick Chubb to go along with a guy like Duke Johnson. 
there's some weapons here, and this is really kind of interesting because a lot of years Pittsburgh played Cleveland, and and there weren't many guns in the holster. I mean, bullets in the holster, but there's a lot more this year. It's a completely revamped Cleveland offense, and you know I, I think. There are so many questions on the Steelers' defense, but there are so many questions on the Steel on on the Browns' offense, right? Because you know, again, what is what is uh, this this offense going to look like with Tyrod Taylor at the helm? What's it going to look like with Carlos Hyde at running back? How much Nick Chubb do we see in this game? You've got a brand new receiving core with Jarvis Landry out there, and then Josh Gordon, who played very limited last year, right? I mean, he's basically brand new in 2018. As you said, David Njoku, one of my favorite tight ends coming out two seasons ago. I, I was really hoping the Steelers would take him in that draft, and uh, the Browns went and, and took him, I think, right before the Steelers pick, too, which was uh, which was fun. For, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they traded up above the Steelers. Yeah, so look, there's a ton, right? Because, you know, no longer can the Steelers rely on Corey Coleman to drop a key pass at the end of the game like we saw in Week 17 last season mm. to clinch a, a Steeler victory. This is There's a ton of question marks. I, I, you know, I don't know what to think about Cleveland's offense because it is almost entirely revamped. You guys also got uh, Chris Hubbard, the tackle that the Steelers had last year, he was kind of a swing tackle for the Steelers. Very good as a swing tackle. He was a guy sure. Cleveland fans were all over. They He might have been the most excited they were about any free agent pickup they made. Yeah, and and, and they should be because he was fantastic for the Steelers, and, and Steelers fans were, were sorry to lose him. Um, yeah, look, I, you know, for me, right, I'm – I don't – again, I don't even know what to think about this uh, – about this uh, this Browns team right now as far as offensively. Looking at, at it for, for me defensively for the Steelers, I think there's just as many question marks, right? They're, the Steelers defense is going through this transition from Ryan Shazier at inside linebacker. What's going to happen there with John Bostic now being the starter? They've got this massive transition happening in, at safety with putting Sean Davis at free safety, Morgan Burnett at strong. They've got this rookie Terrell Edmonds. There's been so much talk about – you know, they're going to play seven defensive backs at the same time at points during this this year, the, the the dollar defense. Cleveland on offense, Steelers on defense, I think is the most intriguing part of this game because you've got two units that, while, yes, we've seen them both in the preseason, and like you said, the Browns played well throughout the preseason, and in, in that third preseason game, uh, they were able to beat the Eagles. Now, the Steelers in their third preseason game, that was the best de- defense we've seen from the Steelers you know, in a, in a long time, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this this is a, this is a Steeler team that left off in 2017, giving up 42 to Blake Bortles and the Jaguars. There's no trust in Pittsburgh right now in this defense. So I think this is the most intriguing side of the ball for sure. Is is Cleveland on offense, Steelers on defense? Uh, absolutely, and you know, and and that was even I, I still remember that playoff game, and I was stunned. Um, you know, obviously Blake Bortles, you know, Blake Bortles, it was the game of his life. And, you know, the fans, you know, got to the AFC Championship. They're still not sold on them. You know, but hey, that's a different story for a different day. Now, one of the biggest stories, Cleveland Brown-wise, the last few days, is they are still not sure about their offensive line, which I, I got to tell you, it makes it really, really tough, Anthony, because there was no plan. Joel Batonio was plan Z at left tackle. So now they ran with plan Z for six weeks. Now maybe they're not fans of Plan Z, and we're you know, the Cleveland Browns are about to face off against the Pittsburgh Steelers with the likes of Hayward and Tuitt yep. and Watt, and there's some talk that maybe they'd be comfortable with throwing an undrafted free agent left tackle, who I think has a ton of promise. I truly do, Desmond Harrison. I think he's got there's a ton of promise there, but he's not taking a single first team rep in the preseason. So I mean, give me the Pittsburgh angle of hey. By all means, guys, if you want to play them. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, the Steelers have had so much trouble winning in that way, right? Run off the edge. This is a Steeler team last season that 
led the led the league in sacks. But don't let that fool you into thinking that they were a with with just rushing four. Absolutely not. This was a team that had to manufacture pressure game after game, rep after rep. When they were only rushing four, if Cam Hayward didn't get there, if Stephon Tewitt wasn't wreaking havoc, and he really didn't for a whole lot of of 2017. But Cam Hayward certainly 12 and a half sacks. He was a monster. But when they weren't, when those guys weren't dominating the line of scrimmage. And it was up to Bud Dupree to beat his guy one-on-one or, or T.J. Watt, who kind of dropped more often than not. Look, had a very hard time getting pressure. Now, that's been a big key for this defense as well. Is they're going to flip the sides now so that Bud Dupree will be coming from the blind side and T.J. Watt uh, off the other side. So it's going to be interesting, right? If, the, if you're telling me that the Browns are going to start an undrafted free agent at, at left tackle and I could potentially watch Bud Dupree this season – with some big sacks, I would I would love it. I'm not sure we're going to see it because, again, Bud Dupree's a guy who just has not lived up to his potential. You know, he kind of caps out every year at about five or six sacks a season when the Steelers drafted him in the first round to be a double-digit sack guy. How about this? The Steelers, who have been known for as a pass-rushing Blitzberg style with James Harrison and Joey Porter and, you know, all, all, Kevin Green, right, all of these great backers, haven't had a double-digit sack guy at the outside linebacker position since Lamar Woodley all the way back, and I believe it was 2012. So it has been six years since an edge rusher had uh, had double-digit tacks. I don't think you have anything to worry about as far as this team getting pressure off the edge, or at least I'll believe it when I see it. I, we hear every year that this is the year Bud Dupree emerges. I, I'm not convinced yet that even against an undrafted free agent at left tackle that Bud Dupree is going to be a consistent pass rusher uh, 4v5. Uh, I definitely... It's going to be interesting, and but the thing though is to strengthen numbers though. So it's going to be how that plays out. And Watt in year two, who knows if they start to maybe change up his role a little bit more and start bringing him a little more. Guys, you're listening to Locked On Browns, Locked On Steelers crossover Wednesdays on the Locked On NFL Network. So obviously we're breaking everything down here for you, guys. Uh, Locked On is launched into the Locked On College. Um, it's received very well. Everybody's starting to appreciate it. Um, for regardless of who your team is or who you're looking for. Uh, for my, uh, obviously, you know, my Cleveland Browns fans, Locked On Sooners, Baker Mayfield, guys, that is up and running. That's going. A lot of other schools are up and running. So Locked On College, whoever you're looking for, if they're not up yet, trust me, it's in the works. They're in the e- emails. That the staff is getting weekly, so everybody's going to be up and running shortly. So Locked On College, get on it, guys. Get it into your rotation. Yeah, uh, they've got they've got uh, what locked right. on Wolverines launching this week, locked on Buckeyes, locked on Seminoles. Uh, so yeah, I well, mean, they, well, look, I'm a Florida State guy, and well, you know, I love my guy Wayne, who's taking over that show. But well, you know, yeah, hoping, we, I was hoping for a better launch for Wayne. That was, was a that was a, that was a tough one. Yeah, that was a tough one on Monday, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, and that's the, that's the beauty of college football because a season can be in trouble that quick. Yeah. In the NFL, you lose week one, maybe it doesn't matter as much, but oof, in college. But uh, guys, but locked on college. It's a great thing everybody's going on over there. And look, any more exposure, the bigger the network gets, the better it is for everybody here at Locked On. So guys, we appreciate all the support and any avenue you're giving to us. Uh, you know, as we go on here, Anthony, uh, give me two Steeler guys that you think maybe people should have their eyes on this weekend, you know, for a big game or something. Or you got maybe a hunch you're just feeling, the two guys who might have a big week. I think number one, number one on every Steeler fan's mind right now, as far as an underrated player that that you know a lot of people don't know about, but he's ready to break out. And I don't know, maybe week one is too early, but undrafted free agent inside linebacker Matthew Thomas. Uh, he's a guy from Whoa! Florida State. Yeah, right. How about that? I was hoping uh, yeah, he didn't make it. A, a, I was hoping a, he didn't make it. A Florida State guy. Look, the Steelers at inside linebacker, they've had some problems. So last year when Shazier went down, 
Uh, the Steelers brought in Sean Spence, who had been with the organization previously to come in. Spence did not have a great end of the year. The, the, the Steelers kind of fell apart defensively for a lot of different reasons. And, and, and the, the play of Spence or the lack of Ryan Chazier was just one part of that. But going on all offseason, right, this team was looking for an inside linebacker that they could trust, someone that could replace Ryan Chazier. And it, it's so tough to replace a superstar like that. Throughout the draft, they didn't find anyone. Free agency, I mean, they got John Bostic. He's been a journeyman throughout the league. Uh, he spent last year with the Indianapolis Colts. He's been fine throughout the preseason, but certainly not the kind of playmaker that this defense is looking for. But the, the player who really emerged throughout preseason and, and then into or in, throughout training camp and then into the preseason was Matthew Thomas. And this guy has been incredible. And uh, he finished it up on Thursday, last Thursday in that preseason game with a, uh, a fumble recovery that you know went all the, almost for a touchdown right to the one yard line. The athleticism that he has. Is, is unmatched on the Steelers right now as far as their inside linebacking core, his ability to stay with receivers down the field, uh, to stay with running backs. They trust him in coverage right now. His instincts need to be a little better. He needs to understand where to go to the football better at times, and that will come, I think, over time for him. But the Steelers already creating a defense for him. They call it the Seminole look. They take one of their outside linebackers out. They put Vince Williams, who, who had eight sacks last year at inside linebacker. They move him to edge. And they put Matthew Thomas in at inside linebacker. I expect we will see that look this week. Uh, I expect we will see Matthew Thomas out there. And I expect Matthew Thomas uh, might just have a big game. The other the other player that people should be aware of on the Steelers is they recently traded for Ryan Switzer. And the Steelers have not had a good return game since Antonio Brown was a great punt returner two or three years ago. But the Steelers have been trying to get away from using Antonio Brown as a returner. He was a punt returner uh, you know, a couple years ago and a great one. But again, now he's you know he's thirty now. You know he's he's an MVP caliber candidate. You can't have that guy returning punts. And so they've been trying to replace him for years. They've been trying to think different things like kick return it, and both both of those have been pretty poor over the last couple of years. Now they've just traded for Ryan Switzer from the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Ryan Switzer was one of the best returners in the game last year at kick return and punt return as far as average return. Uh, I think field position could play a role in this game, especially if it's the kind of defensive battle. That we saw this game be a year ago. Uh, you know, special. There was a special teams touchdown in this game a year ago. Of course, it was a block punt. But I think Ryan Switzer could be someone to watch out for as far as getting that field position advantage on these new weird kickoffs where you you can't. There's no running start anymore. There's no two man blocks. Um, it's. It, I think Ryan Switzer is another name to watch out for. On the shows. how about you? How, how about on the Browns? Who are a couple players Steeler fans should be looking out for on Cleveland? Well, I'm just gonna comment on on your comments. First things first. Yeah. With Matthew Thomas. Everyone wasn't sure in where Matthew Thomas fell in the draft. We're going through an age now through the draft process where some guys either have an issue with school and the schoolwork is difficult or they just don't want to do the schoolwork. And that's kind of where Matthew Thomas fell into. There was never a doubt of Matthew Thomas on the field and the player he was. And the combine only confirmed what you're saying. Ridiculous athlete, great football player, absolute steal. And it's really hard to say, oh, well, you can re- you can replace Ryan Shazier. Well, Matthew Thomas is the kind of guy who can do that. That seminal look with Vince Williams, another Florida State guy, huh, fantastic. Be still my beating <laughs> heart. And the best part is is it moves a guy like Sean Spence who went to the U. So it, it, for my Florida State guys, kind of fun with that. Ryan Switzer. Um, I got to interview Ryan Switzer during the draft process. I speak with his father uh, you know, almost on a weekly basis. I know the family well. I'm ecstatic for him, even more so because he got the hell out of Oakland, which is just a sinking ship. Yeah, and isn't he it? Ran from Dallas, which was obviously the Cowboys, great situation, to Oakland. Oh, my God, what is going on here? 
and got himself right back to a solid position. And 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 look, the, you know, Big Ben, the, they'll find a way to sneak him in a little offense. So Ryan Switzer is a nice little piece to have there. For Cleveland, what's going to be the most interesting thing? The most interesting thing is who's going to step up as far as another defensive back, whether it's Mitchell, whether it's Carey, whether it's you know a Denzel Rice who was a late guy to make this roster. There needs to be more depth in this secondary behind Denzel Ward. And look, guy, with Miles Garrett and with a front line that can get some pressure, there's still got to be some coverage. Big Ben is a big boy, and he, he, the first guy who gets to him, not always, not necessarily, is always going to get him down. So there's got to be coverage sustained, and it's got to be five seconds, sometimes six seconds. That's just the way it works when you're playing with a guy the caliber of Ben Roethlisberger. The other thing to look out for, and I don't want to say it's Joel Batonio, but it's the left side of the offensive line between Joel Batonio and Austin Corbett. Um, you know, can Joel show what he's shown at this point? And he showed well in practices against Miles Garrett, but who knows how much one of that is 110% game-like conditions between two teammates. You know, the bullets are going to be flying here. It's going to be real. Austin Corbett pressed the first week or two. We had our doubts, but as the weeks went on and he got rep after rep after rep, I don't know if anybody played more preseason reps than Austin Corbett. That left side of the offensive line. Can they hold? Because the right side of the offensive line is good. So I'd make Austin Corbett the second guy there. He's got to be able to hold at left guard because you know Joe Batonio can't be holding this rookie's hand because now Joe Batonio is out on the island himself. So it's going to be interesting how that works out, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. I th- I, like like I said though, I think he he won't he won't exactly have his hands full with Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree is a guy. The scouting report on him is pretty easy. He loves his speed rush. That's what he goes to every play. Just. Take him on a ride around the quarterback, and you're good to go. So, uh, but we'll see. I mean, look, there's been a lot of hype about Bud Dupree for many years. Now I'm hopeful that he can he can uh, he can turn the corner, so to say. Well, I mean, I guess we'll get to projection time here, Anthony. I yeah. both assume we think the Cleveland Browns are going to win this game. Guys, a little tongue in cheek, having a little uh, fun here. Uh, not um, quite. It should be. It should be. Look, what my Browns fans, what we're looking for is we're looking for a contested battle. Um, 31-17. This isn't going to work. That, that that's not going to work. That's not what we want. That's not the roster that's built here that John Dorsey has now put in place when he's replaced 31 out of the last 53. And whether you agree with the decisions he's made or not, he thinks this roster is stronger. He thinks this roster is better. So me, I'll go more of the 30 to 23 range. Um, I think Cleveland can score on this defense. The question's going to be, and I'm going to go back to it, if Le'Veon Bell does not play Sunday, and look, I mean, Pittsburgh, part of what they have to worry about is, is Le'Veon Bell more important for Sunday, or is Le'Veon Bell more important for 14, 15, 16 regular season games? Because without any of this, I mean, the practicing and everything he's done, God forbid he plays and they give him a, 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 a big workload and, and a calf arises. And I said it's Matt Williams, or a hamstring, or a groin, and then all of a sudden you don't see him until October 1st. You know, that's a tough spot to be in. But, like I said, Big Ben can light up anybody at any time. So I'm figuring 30-23 Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. I was going to say 30-23 Browns. That is a bold Oh, come prediction. on. No, no. <laughs> I, 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 lo- I love That's my bold. listeners. I, 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 I was ready for it. Listen. Anthony. I love my listeners. <laughs> come on. Uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, for this game, I, I think, look, this is, uh, this is a, a transition year for Cleveland, finally, right? Because we've had two rebuilding years. I think oh, the Browns are going to so. be much I think the Browns are going to be much better this year. I really do. But I have a good friend of mine who's a who's a huge Browns fan, and he's convincing himself of all kinds of you know the Browns are going to a playoff team and all oh, of that. Is he one of the nine and seven crowd? Of course, of course, oh, yeah, my yeah. God. 
So and I've been telling him, you know, look, this is a team that has gone one in 31 in the last two years. If they were to go six and 10, it is an unbelievable improvement over the last two years, right? One. Even six and 10, which is not a good record in the NFL, is still for this team that, that has only won one game in the last two years. It's a massive improvement. I, I Look, I think the Steelers, at the end of the day, they just have too much talent on this team. It's a, it's a tough place to play, right? You don't want to, for a, for a Cleveland Browns team that's coming in with all this hype, and all, and you know, they're they're rejuvenated, right? This isn't the right time to play the Browns if you're the Steelers, because again, the Steelers are coming in with the weight of being these title contenders to wanting to get the taste of what happened at the end of last season out of their mouths, and so they want to come in and start, you know, wiping the floor with people. Going to Cleveland, a division rival, not going to be an easy test, but I do like where this offense is right now. I like even even with you know the whole Le'Veon Bell thing and will he play or will he not play in this game? Look, the Steelers a year ago gave him ten carries. He had three catches. He had 13 total touches. And that was in a game where the Steelers had no one else they could really rely on at running back. Now they have James Conner in year two. They really like what he did in the preseason. I'm not going to be surprised, even if Le'Veon plays, to see James Conner get more carries than Le'Veon Bell does. And I like what what we've seen from James Conner overall. I think the Steelers, again, I think they just have too much talent offensively. The questions really for them are going to be defensively. Can they stop Cleveland? Can they get pressure? on Tyrod Taylor. How does Josh Gordon look? How does Jarvis Landry? How do they cover the tight end? There's a ton of questions there. And as I said, I really don't know how to think about this uh, about this Cleveland offense, but I'm going to go 31 to 17. Again, I think the Steelers <gasps> get out to a, to a big lead early in this game. I think this is an offense that hits the ground running with Randy Feekner at, at, at offensive coordinator. I think they're going to run a lot more no huddle, try to keep the Browns off balance. Uh, and they're just, there's just so many. But the one guy we didn't talk about, I should have mentioned him when you asked me the two players, I should have mentioned Vance McDonald. Now, I'm not sure Vance McDonald will play in this game, but if he does, at tight end, he can be a real difference maker. And we saw that last year in the only game he really he really played, which was against Jacksonville, the only game he played the full game, which was against Jacksonville, where he was tremendous in that game. But he's been he's been up and down with injury. He's been down with injury the entirety of training camp, the entirety of preseason. He is going to practice this week. I'm not sure he's going to play, but if he does, he's another one of those guys. Again, we talk about defenses having to, to game plan around Le'Veon Bell, around Antonio Brown, now around Juju and, and James, whatever James Washington can bring. And then you add to that Vance McDonald. Again, I just think it's just this this offense brings so much to the table. Uh, you've got an offensive coordinator and a quarterback finally in sync now. I do expect this offense to get to hit the ground running and put some points up early and put really put pressure on Cleveland uh, to to catch up. Well, and the, the interesting thing is, though, is Jabril Peppers now, who's playing a position where he belongs, closer to, you know, within 10 yards, closer yeah. to the line of scrimmage. So if Vance McDonald were to play, there's a guy for that. And, guys, one guy we didn't mention here who, Todd Haley. Um, obviously, Todd Haley yes, is very yes. interested in this game. So the question is, is, does Todd Haley go too far in and, you know, basically shoot his load early and show everything and maybe it doesn't work out? Does he hold some things later on in the game? So it's going to be funny how that plays out. Uh, Duke Johnson is a guy that we haven't seen much of for the Cleveland Browns this entire preseason. The question is, is Todd Haley doing that for a reason? Or is he comfortable with Duke is already? Or is there some things that he's going to use Duke for that maybe Pittsburgh hasn't seen yet? So just a couple of other things, guys, to get you closer and closer to the game action on Sunday. Anthony, absolute blast, my friend. Yeah, this was great. Uh, I, I love these, I love these these new crossover Wednesdays. Uh, I think this was this was a definitely a good start, and I look forward to this game on Sunday. Absolutely, you know. And look, and first thing first, week one by no means ever can week one be bad because we've all waited nine months for it. 
Uh, Anthony, let everyone know where they can find everything at. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, SteelerCountry at gmail.com if you want to leave feedback at SteelerCountry on Twitter. And uh, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you can find it. Search Locked On Steelers. Hit subscribe and you will get your daily dose of Steelers. And guys, look, uh, for at Locked On Browns on the Twitter account, please follow it, guys. I always give it a follow back account. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Follow there. Guys, look, uh, also, please, when you, guys, a five star review. You know, the written reviews, those are huge. Those those things draw more listeners to the show. We're so appreciative for it. Obviously, you know, uh, Locked On Steelers, Locked On Browns, both part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your daily uh, focus on, you know, each team, the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers, your team every day, the Locked On Podcast Network. Guys, we bust our butts every day doing all we can for all you listeners. We appreciate everything you guys do for us. Uh, look, uh, you know, me and Anthony, uh, you know, me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to DM them. Hopefully, you know, Cleveland can get up 3 nothing early on Sunday. I'll give them a little jab. But, guys, obviously, <laughs> we're looking for a really good week one. And the best part is, is there will be a rematch as, you know, one team is trying to get where Pittsburgh is. And, look, uh, the King can only hold the crown for so long. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting one on Sunday. All right, Anthony, had a blast. Uh, everybody else, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow night. See yep. you.